what a mom would never say. Oh, it just feels so well rested. I think I actually got too much sleep last night. Uh, yeah, I, I slept right. in so late. My schedule is completely open. Yeah. I could do that on any night or day. Yeah. I'm good. You know, my kids, they're just so predictable. Mine too, they're so well-mannered and always, always consistent. I love when they wake up and always smiling, always happy, all the time. It's so nice to have such happy kids all the time. My house is just, it's so quiet. I've read like six books this week. I have seen every latest movie. My wardrobe is amazing. I've never been like, I've never had such good clothes. Feels so fresh and uh, really current. I can't wait to go on vacation so I can rock my new bikini. You know what? What? This morning I actually don't need a coffee. I feel totally great. You know, I gotta figure out where to invest all this cash I have lying around. Totally, Earning a hole totally in my pocket. Totally have money. My hair, I wash it every day. I don't even own one pair of sweatpants or workout clothes. Over. Never have a to-do list anymore. It's really nice to take care of myself so much. Yeah, I make myself, my life, my priority, you know? I need that in my life. Happy Mother's Day. Great to have you here. I want to say a special hello to all of our churches right now that are watching, and thanks for, for being a part of our services. Let's also give it up for our God Behind Bars, guys. We love you as well. Thank you for being here, being a part of our services. I'd like to now ask all the moms to stand to your feet. We'd like every mother to stand to her feet. We just want to honor you, Mom, across all of our campuses right now. Stand to your feet. Come on, Mom. We love you. We're so grateful for you. We would literally not be here without you, Mom. So thankful. We love you. You may be seated. We're really still hoping you cook something today, but we love you and we need you. We're so very grateful. I'm a little biased. Forgive me for a moment, but I'm really blessed to have my wife in this service, and she is a phenomenal mother. I love you, baby. Thank you for being an amazing mom. She's mothered me for years. I'm so grateful. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm the fourth child, I think. But no, we're so grateful that you're here. Thanks for joining us here on Mother's Day. And you know, a number of months ago, I was traveling back to Corpus, and I was on my way. I was, I, I was catching a flight, and I got on the plane, and it just so happened that John and Lisa Bevere were sitting behind me. I thought, what are the chances of this? We struck up a great conversation, started talking, just started hanging out. We've been friends with them for years. And in the conversation, before the flight took off, I called my wife. I said, you're not going to believe who I'm sitting next to. And she said, quick, give her the phone right now. So I handed the phone to Lisa, and her and Lisa Bevere started talking. She said, Lisa, you got to come Mother's Day and, and deliver a special message for our lady. She said, oh, I would, but I'm not going to be able to. I'm already booked for that weekend. I can only imagine how many years in advance she's booked on Mother's Day especially. She said, but is your church comfortable with video? We said, absolutely. We do it all the time. That's not a problem at all. She said, I would love to deliver a special message just for moms on Mother's Day. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Lisa Bevere. Hey, Church Unlimited. I can't even tell you how excited I am to be here with you. Actually, right now, I'm in South Africa, and you are in my kitchen. I want to welcome each and every one of you, no matter what campus you are on, no matter whether you're watching this in bed online or if you're sitting there in your seat, I am loving that I can be two places at once. So Church Unlimited, happy Mother's Day. 
This is one of my favorite days of the year when we actually celebrate the moms. And so this is my chance to actually celebrate my motherhood. So I'm gonna throw up a picture of my family. We're gonna put up our boys. I'm gonna show you what my whole big world looks like as far as family goes. And if you're looking at this, you'll see to the far right, you've got my son, Alexander. I want you guys to note, that if I was a man, this is what I would look like. This is the kind of beard I would rock. This is my body type. Alexander is me as a man. And then next to him is Austin Michael. Austin Michael is 27. He's not what I would look like as a man, but he's very manly looking. He is 27, Alec is 25. I'm gonna just say this, I've said this before, they're both single, I'm, that's all I'm gonna say. Next to them is my oldest son, Addison. He's 30. I have a 30 year old, that's just crazy for me. He's the one who made me a mother. He is my firstborn son and he is holding his last born child. He is so holding Augustus Michael. This is our newest grandson. Didn't have him when I was here last time. Standing next to him is his beautiful Texas wife, Juliana. We imported her from Texas. I'm willing to do more of that. Wrapped around his leg is Sophia Grace, my first granddaughter, first female born to my family in more than 50 years. Next to her is Asher. That's my grandson, first grandchild, loving it. And then I am holding Lizzie. Now, you know, I don't know how many people can notice, but in Lizzie, this picture, she doesn't look very happy. She looks a little grumpy. Now, you're probably thinking, wow, that's not what our family photo shoot looks like. And it's true. This is not what they normally look like. If you see Lizzie, she looks a little grumpy in this because in the middle of the photo shoot, she went rogue. I don't know if you have it easy, but we had kids running amok. I'm shocked we have any good photos from this photo shoot. And Lizzie's going rogue saying, I'm not gonna potty train anymore. I've decided I wanna wear a diaper. She's trying to take off her underwear in the middle of this photo shoot. We'd already thrown all the diapers away, kissed them goodbye, and now Lizzie is like, nope, not doing it. My husband of 35 years refused to hold Lizzie. I was the only one brave enough to hold a child who was no longer potty training. And I will say that on this Mother's Day, this was last October, she is still not potty trained. Next to him is Arden Christopher. He is my 22-year-old son love being a mother more than I love anything else. And I love being a grandmother too. I'm gonna to show the grandkids one more time, a little bit up close. You're gonna see Mr. Augustus, who looks like he is in danger. I just want you to know he's okay. He's gained a lot of weight since his picture. He is padded, he is safe. You're gonna see Lizzie, you're gonna see Sophie, you're gonna see Asher. I just wanna establish the fact that I am truly a grandmother. But I'm gonna show you also a picture of the first time our family was brave enough to attempt denim. You know, during this photo shoot, it was just John and me and four boys. You're gonna notice in this picture, I'm probably 35 and I'm wearing braces. I don't, I don't know what happened. All my pregnancies, my teeth began to move. One of our sons, the one that looks like me, was just about ready to vomit in this picture. So this is probably a little bit more of realization. And if you're a young mother, this is the season you're in right now. And I just want you to know, hey, I'm on the other side of this season and I'm laughing at it. I'm laughing at my future and I'm laughing at my past. And so that's a great place to be that we can learn lessons from our future and we can laugh at our past and we can say it's gonna be okay. So, you know, here's the thing. I want you to know that not only am I a grandmother, but I'm a Sicilian grandmother. So this morning, this day, I'm adopting all of the mothers as a Sicilian grandmother. Here, I'm gonna open up with a scripture, Titus 2, 3 through 4. This is why your pastors are inviting me to do this. It says, 
older women, older women. I am an older woman. It says older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanders or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and so train the younger women to love their husbands and their children. See, Jessica and Bill said, how can we find an older woman? They said, Lisa Bevere is an older woman. We're gonna get her to teach you how to train your children and love your husbands. Now, most women feel a pressure to train their husbands and love their children. But when you get that mixed up, there's a lot of stress in your household. So mamas, I'm gonna give you permission to love your husbands and trade your children. And this is an amazing day for you. And I, I want you to understand, I'm not gonna be laying more burdens on you. I'm not gonna be like, hey moms, you need to do it better. You need to do it more. No, I'm gonna actually position you to do more things that you enjoy and not feel like you have to actually have more things on your list to check off and so that you're feeling burdened or laden down. I want you to feel like you are being built. You know, Proverbs 14, one says, a wise woman builds her house. And this means that wise churches builds their women. Church Unlimited is a wise church. They invest in their women. They wanna see their women grow because they understand when they grow their women, they grow the house, the house of worship, the home. We want this to be a day of celebration and growth for you. And there's absolutely no reason you should learn the lessons I learned the hard way, the same way. You need to learn the lessons I learned the hard way, the easy way. I wanna position you for something more. I don't want you to have to make my same silly mistakes. I want you to go further and I want you to go farther with these things of God. So I wanna kinda of tell you a couple different dynamics. First and foremost, if you're here and you're a mother, well done. Well done. You probably had breakfast in bed. It was probably an unusual breakfast. The idea that you maybe got out of the house safely and that all of you are there present and maybe your children are even checked in to childcare because see, there were so many times I got to church too late that my children had to sit with me during church because I couldn't get them into childcare because I was running too late. So if your kids are actually in childcare and you are sitting in service, well done. You have made it there. So many times I remember I would like be driving to church, look back at my kids. John was preaching somewhere, being a man of God. I would look back at my kids and find out that my children were in cowboy boots and shorts. I, I would say, you know, I, I can't even drop them off at nursery anymore. I'm so embarrassed about the way, again, Alec is dressed. I'm going to have Addison drop him off at nursery and hopefully they won't leave him with his brother. Let's say, well, we're going to take him from, we feel sorry for you. But anyway, my kids, it was just a muck. I mean, I was just barely feeling like a Christian by the time I went to church on Sundays. When you get all of those kids together in the car without a husband, it's, it's a rough one. So single moms, you're a hero. Single moms you are amazing but whether you're a single mom or a mom by adoption or a mom by birth I want to tell you something God hand chose you for those children there's not somebody else that would be a better mother there's not somebody else that he had in mind he hand picked you for those children and all of the challenges that you are having are actually going to grow you in a way you can't even imagine those kids were handpicked by your heavenly father for you he loves you he entrusts you with these children because they are so precious to him because you are so precious to him so let's talk about this all the busy moms, momming everyone. This is my chance 
to actually mother the mothers. And so I am going to mother you today. You know, here's what Corinthians 13, 4 says, two of the attributes of love is patience and kindness. Love is patient and love is kind. That begins with being patient and kind with yourselves. And I knew that moms are sometimes not patient or kind with themselves. I'm just gonna speak from my own experience, having three boys in five years and then finding myself pregnant with the fourth a couple years later, I remember every single day, I was not thriving, I was not flourishing, I was building nothing, I was surviving. Every single day was how soon can I put my kids all down for a nap? So many you know, times I was like, wait, all the other mothers have sent their kids to my house, I have 25 kids at my house, patience and kind. I was feeling like I was failing every single night. I went to bed with a list that I had yelled when I shouldn't have, that I had spanked kids when I shouldn't have, that I should have spanked them and I didn't, that I was yelling, re reacting, that I didn't clean my house, I didn't get this done, that the laundry wasn't put away. Every single night, I went to bed with this massive list of my failures and my flaws. And every single morning, I got up weighed down, weighed down thinking, man, I'm gonna try to do it better, but I don't feel like I have any new things so that I can make this day better. And I just want you to know that having that list constantly in front of you that says you're not enough, you didn't do enough, you didn't do this right, you know, you could have done this better, it's not gonna help you. It's not going to help you. See, each and every day begins with mercy. Each and every day is a new beginning filled with new strength. And I don't want you to have that list. I would put my kids to bed and you know, I would pray over them and I had created this ridiculous, elaborate, you know, big routine every single night when I put my kids to bed. Don't do that, don't do that. It became so ridiculous to maintain. Putting my kids to bed was like an hour to an hour and a half long process. I would read with them, I would sing with them, I would pray over them, I would make them put their armor on. We would go through this huge routine and then I would try to sneak out of the room, but without fail, one of the children, one of the children would call me back up. Hey, you forgot to pray for me or you didn't pray for this or what about this? And I would come back up and I would be so on edge. My kids would be saying, please come and pray for me. I'd be yelling, no, I'm not coming back up there. I for everyone. I thought I'm a crazy mother. I can't act this way. And so I started to do some things so that they would know they had been prayed for. I would do this thing called three fingers. I would have them put up their three fingers and once they got prayed for and those fingers were down and it was a fist, then that was it. There was going to be no more prayer for those children that night. And I remember my second son one night, he said, I'm going to pray for you, mom. I'm going to pray for you that you are fresh in the morning. And so I put my fingers up and he said, Jesus, let mom be fresh in the morning. Let her be fresh in the morning. Let her be fresh in the morning. But the truth is, I never was. Because when my kids went to bed, I didn't go to bed. I actually went into the kitchen and I was a maniac. I would go after our grout with a toothbrush. 
For some reason, I had thought it was a good idea to lay white tile in my kitchen and put white grout with it. And having four boys, that was a nightmare. And so I would be down with that toothbrush, with grout, with bleach, and I would be bleaching this. And I remember thinking, mommies have to do so much work while everybody else is in bed. You don't understand, mommy can't be fresh in the morning because mom has to start working while everybody else is resting. John would come home from a couple of his trips and the house would be in mayhem and he would say, what did you do all day while I was at work? Or what did you do all day when I was on this trip? And I would say, I don't even know. I don't even know what I've done all day, but I have been busy. And you know what I found out? I was exhausted because I was busy about stuff that actually didn't matter. I was trifolding my kids' underwear. Do you think they cared about that? Absolutely not. Bleaching the grout. Do you think anybody cared about me bleaching the grout? No. But see, I thought I was denying myself. I'm like, I am such a martyr. I am sacrificing everything for my family, everything for my husband, everything for my children. But the truth is, my children didn't want a mom who was sacrificing everything for them. They wanted a mom that was present. And I remember the night that I was down bleaching the grout, pregnant with Arden, it's not a pretty sight. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, Lisa, when you get to heaven, I'm not going to reward you based on how clean your grout is. I'm going to ask you if you did the things I actually wanted you to do. And I remember thinking, wait a minute, I'm spending all this time and all this energy on things that don't even matter. Wasn't enjoying, I was surviving, barely surviving. I remember that John would want to spend some time with me and I'd be sitting on the floor with the laundry all around me and he'd say, hey, do you want to go golfing? I've got a babysitter arranged. And I'd be like, do you see this laundry? Do you see this laundry? And he'd say, oh yeah, okay, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you get back to it. What I wanted him to do was say, hey, let me get down on the floor, help you fold all the laundry, and then we can go golfing together. But you know, I didn't know how to ask for the help I needed. So I missed out on so many opportunities to enjoy my husband. I don't, I don't wanna see you guys miss out on that. So I love that God thinks that the mother's love is this exemplary love, that he actually compares the way he loves us to the way mothers love their children. This is what it says in Isaiah 49, verses 15 through 16. I'm gonna read it out of the New Living Translation. It says, can a mother forget her nursing child? Can she feel no love for the child she has born? But even if that were possible, I would not forget you. See, I have written your name on the palms of my hands. You see, God has actually written not just the name of your children, He's written that mommy name on the palm of his hands. You know, whenever I go to God in prayer, he does not call me mother of four sons. He does not call me grandmother of four and future grandmother of more. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, hey, daughter of the Most High that is a author. He doesn't say John Bevere's wife. You know what he calls me? He calls me simply daughter. He doesn't attach my achievements to it. He draws me close and reminds me 
that long before anything, he had written me into the palm of his hands. God's love for you, Mama, is without rival. God's love for you is everlasting. God's love for you isn't based on your performance today. God's love for you is like the way you love that baby nursing at your breast. You know, I breastfed all of my boys until they asked me to stop. I think Arden was two and a half when he finally was like, Mom, I've just learned the other kids in the nursery, they're not, they're not doing this anymore for their moms. We need to stop. But I love the closeness of nursing a baby. Can you imagine that God actually feels that way about you, Mommy? He sees you and he wants to hold you close and he wants you to be able to draw your strength from him. Because if you are so busy giving all your strength out to everyone else, what will you have left? See, neglecting yourself is not something godly. Neglecting yourself ends up actually neglecting your family. You need to get what you need to get from God. You need to do it however you find that place. My boys and I, we did a podcast last week, which was actually pretty hilarious because they were talking about their remembering of me. They talked about how they saw John get up every single morning really early, and they saw him reading his Bible. John would go out to pray. He would read his Bible. And I kind of was like, okay, I don't get up early. I go straight to the coffee machine. What are they going to say about me? And they were laughing because they said what they remembered about me was that I was always playing praise and worship music. And at any moment, they might look down and I might be on my knees or on my face or crying or dancing in the house because I had to arrest the atmosphere so that I could be patient and kind, not just with my kids, but with myself. So, you know, I want to talk to you about something about some chores. You know, I am, I remember my boys were in middle school, you know, Addison and Austin, I would fold, I would do their laundry, I would fold their laundry, I would put it on the bed, and all they had to do, all they had to do was hang it up or put it in the drawers, but no, that was too hard for them. That was just too much of a challenge, and so what would happen is, for some reason, they would feel like it was a good idea to take those clean clothes and hide them in the dirty hamper, or put them under their bed, or throw it on the floor of the closet, and then I would come in, and I would find this mixture of dirty clothes and clean clothes, and I would go into rogue mom mode. I would dump it all into the center of the room and tell them to sort it back out. Then I would do the laundry again, and then one day I thought, am I a crazy person? Wait, this isn't training my children. I'm serving my children. I'm not going to do this. I'm what, I need to train them. So I said, guys, guys, you obviously don't enjoy me doing your laundry. So here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to introduce you to the washer and the dryer. And I took them down and I taught them how to do it. I explained to them that the clothes needed to be washed and dried, not just washed. And they needed to be dried. And then they needed to be taken out of the dryer and taken up to their room. And did they throw a fit? Yes, they threw a fit. They said, nobody else's mom makes them do their laundry. You can't, you know, we can't do this. And I said, excuse me. I'm not anybody else's mom. I'm your mom. And you are going to be trained on how to do your own laundry. And can I just say this? Addison's wife really appreciates that I actually trained him to do his own laundry. And Austin does his laundry better than I ever did his laundry. There is nothing wrong with you offloading some of the chores on your kids because when they learn how to work hard, that is a value that God instills in their lives that it's going to serve them well later on. I also want to talk to you about what it looks like 
to be a household who fears the Lord. In Psalm 128 verses one through four, it says, how joyful are those who fear the Lord. Joyful, not grumpy, joyful. All who follow his ways, you will enjoy the fruit of your labor. How joyful and prosperous you will be. Your wife will be like a fruitful grapevine, flourishing, not exhausted, flourishing within your home. Your children will be like vigorous young olive trees as they sit around the table. That is the Lord's blessing for those who fear him. You know, I love that this is a picture of a family gathered around the table and they are laughing and they are vigorous and they are strong and the wife is flourishing. She's not waning in strength. She's not waiting on everybody. They're all seated together and they are all flourishing. I wanted to shoot this in my kitchen because this is where my life happens. Life happens in the kitchen and life happens around the table. Here's the thing. The fear of the Lord and those who follow his ways, that's not supposed to be a grumpy thing. Now, we, we've kind of made it a grumpy thing in the past in our church. I remember we tried to do devotions as a family. I remember John like did this massive study. He printed out a notebook for everyone and we all tried to do a study. I can't even remember what it was on. We tried to do a study and it was the most awkward, uncomfortable, thing we've ever done. We didn't know where to look at each other. I think I kept laughing. I got in trouble and the kids got in trouble that I led the wrong, down the wrong road. Here's the thing. It's not about doing devotions. It's about being devoted. Those that fear the Lord, it's organic. Everything about your life happens around the table. When you fear the Lord, you talk about him, you honor him in every single aspect of your life. And so we started something more recently to make sure we fostered conversations. It was actually Austin's idea. He had visited a beautiful family down in New Zealand and they said, hey, this is what we do. We do something called high-low. And I want this to be something fun for you. Because if you say, how was school today? They're gonna say what? Fine. And then when you put them to bed at night, they're gonna unpack this nightmare they had. So we don't want that to happen. We need to be a little bit more specific, create a little bit better of an intent so you're not having to talk to your kids late at night. We knew high-low. So we say, do the same. What was your absolute high of the day? And then each person goes around the table, they share their highest, best thing from their day, and then they share their lowest, worst thing of the day. It's been such an incredible idea of conversation for our family. Now my boys, you know, they're men now, but it's still important for us to have conversations around the table, high, low, super easy, you can do this. When my boys were little and they were running amok through our house and John was gone on a trip inevitably, another thing that I did to get my kids to calm down was I did candlelight dinners. Now my kids just thought it was a special evening. No, it was actually a strategy. If I could make the entire house dark, they wouldn't run around and I would just put two candles on the table and then the kids would be drawn to the light and they would come around the table and they would just calm down automatically. Candlelight dinners, it's magic for calming down your kids. So just do it. They think it's amazing. They think it's special. You look good by candlelight. You can't see the messy kitchen by candlelight and the boys and the girls will not run around in the dark in candlelight dinners. It is a really fun thing to do. Another thing about what we do with our family is we play together a lot. We eat together and we play together. My son Alexander, he was, um, he was asked by one of our friends uh, that our family, they said, hey, your parents have four boys, four boys who all love God and all want to serve him with all of their hearts. How did, how did that even happen? And Ali said he thought for a while and he came back and he said, you know what? They played cards with us 
and they spanked us. Now, I know that sounds like two very different things, but the truth is that we engaged in play with our kids. And when you engage in play with your kids, you're not just always disciplining them, you're actually enjoying them. And spanking was a paint stirrer. Home Depot thought I had tons of projects going on, but my kids would hide the paint stirrers. And we didn't spank our kids in anger. And we didn't punish them. We disciplined them. There was only a few things that we spanked for. It was for hitting a younger brother. It was for direct rebellion and then lying. But it was always about motivation. So you need to have these things where you can just let the stuff go that's not important, engage in play, and have consistent discipline. Not surprise, like, wait, that didn't make you mad last week and now you're mad this week, but having consistent. And then I wanna close out, I wanna close out with this. I wanna talk about prophetic parenting. You know, one of my sons, Alexander, <clears throat> keep honing in on him, but anyway, Alexander, he actually had learning disabilities. I remember my first two sons, AP classes, honor classes, excelled at everything, Alexander, he was challenged. He was actually in special education. I remember thinking, it's my fault. I, I, I didn't let him crawl enough. I let him park in front of Sesame Street too much. What did I do? I was a failure as a mom. What can I do? And, and I actually realized that it was actually some of my own fears, some of my own struggles with schools. And John said, Lisa, Lisa, we can't make Alec feel bad every single night at home. He feels bad every single day at school. Let's be really intentional about building him. And so we began to say things that made absolutely no sense. I remember when Alec was in junior high, we began to say things like, Alexander, we love the way you think. The other brothers were like, have you guys lost your mind? Alexander doesn't think. That is why he has D's and F's. That is why he is in special ed. He doesn't think. And we, you know, inside my head was saying, you're right, you're right, he doesn't think. But out of my mouth, I would say, no, Alexander thinks. He just thinks differently. Now I would love to tell you that this was a 24-hour process. It wasn't. It was a consistent, intentional decision that we were going to say, we love the way you think, because we heard everybody else saying, we don't love the way you think. And Alexander ended up being the youngest hire ever in the state of Colorado by Apple. He went into the Apple store as an expert, then he became a genius, then he became an acting manager by the age of 20. He went on to go to college, he went to Samtech, he had a co-op that paid for all of his education. But what I think is really interesting is that the theme of Apple is think different. Moms, you have a chance to speak destiny and life over yourself, over your marriage, over your children. You have no idea. Everything in this world is gonna make you think that their peers are the number one influence. It's not true, it's not true. You have more influence than you could ever imagine. This is what the Word of God says in Corinthians 14, 1. It says, pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you might prophesy. I don't care where your kids are right now. Mama, you got some insight. You know what their future is gonna look like. Begin to speak to that future. I was looking at yesterday how the story of Esau and Jacob, and it said that Jacob dwelt in the tents and he was loved by his mother. His mother was able to see the destiny of Jacob. I want you to have permission 
to speak into that future. And as I close, I want to give you another list. I don't want to give you the list of what you're not doing right or what you need to do more of. I want to give you a list of what I would have said to myself at that age. First of all, I would have said, girlfriend, you need to get a friend to cut your hair. That hair of yours is a mess. You need to grow that hair out. You need to stop having bangs until you can get a flat iron. Another thing I would have said is, why are you so worried what everybody else thinks about you? It doesn't matter. And why are you trying to develop friendships with people that don't even want to be around you? I would have said, hey, pull back and you decide who you want to surround yourself with. Surround yourself with other women who are in a similar season that can help you laugh about your season, to enjoy your season. Other women who can actually help you raise your kids. Other women, because my kids are making me crazy. Can I just drop them off at your house? You need those kind of friends, not friends that are going to judge you, not friends that are going to compare you. You need the kind of friends that you want to be. Another thing that I would tell you is laugh, laugh. You need to laugh more. You need to laugh at this season and then you'll be able to laugh at your future. Be consistent with your kids. They will try to wear you down. They will try to get you to change your mind, but just be consistent. There are so many things you're going to win as a mom by just outlasting your children. Having done all to stand, you stand there for you. Be consistent. You can see things. Don't deny your intuition. Be consistent. If you don't feel good about something, you say, I don't feel good about you spending the night at this person's house. I don't feel comfortable with that. Hold some candlelight dinners. This is so easy. It is a no brainer. You can so do this. Another thing I'm going to give you permission to do is have more sex with your husband. I know that sounds like I added a to-do list, but here's the truth. You actually enjoy sex. You just have forgotten it because you are tired. Also, that body you have right now, enjoy it. I'm speaking to you as a 57-year-old woman. I wish I would have realized how amazing that 33-year-old body was. I would have said, girlfriend, you enjoy that body. Enjoy your body. Take care of yourself. Go for long walks, but stop being hard on yourself. Stop criticizing yourself. Enjoy your body. If you want to get stronger, get stronger. If you want to get fitter, get fitter, but don't be critical of yourself. You're going to pattern things that you don't want to see your kids begin to mimic. Take naps. It's okay to take a nap when your baby's napping and it's okay for you to take a nap when your kids are at school. Here's a big one. Ask for help. If you need help, don't expect your husband to guess. Don't expect your children to guess. Ask for help. Don't wait till you're completely exasperated. Ask for help. You're not doing anybody a favor by doing everything for them. You have my permission to ask for help. So be consistent with the bedtimes. Don't have your kids going to bed at seven o'clock, eight o'clock, nine o'clock, whatever that bedtime is, be consistent with it. So you get some time with your husband at the end of the day, or if you just want to take a bath and have time with nobody, girlfriend, do that, but be consistent. So you get a little bit of margin before you go to bed. And another thing, when it comes to homework, they're in school, not you. Don't do your homework for your kids. You can help them, but you are not responsible for doing it. If they cannot do that homework, then they need to get the help they need through the school system, but you are not going to school. That pressure is not on you. And last but not least, middle-aged school kids 
are old enough to do their own laundry, go ahead and let them do that. So I'm super excited about the future of moms. I'm hoping that I get to see you guys all on September the 14th. I want to give a lot of you some grandmother hugs and look you in the eyes and see that you're laughing, see that you're loving, see that you're dreaming big again, see that your family is at the table and that you are sitting with them, that you are not just serving with them, you are living with them. Hope some of you are picking up some card games. Hope that you're being consistent with discipline, whatever that form looks like in your life. Just be consistent, just be consistent. Hope you're loving your husband. Hope that you're having the time that you need because the truth is you're a husband and a wife before you're ever a mother and a father. So I hope you're enjoying that. So I get to be with you guys on September 14th. Super excited about that. And we also have a little gift for you guys. You are an amazing church. I, I love your pastors. I love how they're building their lives and how they're building their family and how they're building, you know, what they want to see your future be. And we have a little gift. Now, I have a series called Moms of Men, or I would like you to understand I'm a mob mom. I'm a mom of boys. Anytime you have more than, I believe, two, you can be a mob mom as well. So if you have more than one son, we're going to still let you slide in. But here's the truth. Moms of men at this time, it's just a little scary for moms to be raising boys. And I'm so excited that even though I'm not there, you can get a hold of this course. We have a special discount for only Church Unlimited people. Whether you're watching this line or any of the campuses, you can actually get this code. You can download it. We want you to have every single tool you need to raise up sons to godly men. Things like purity, things like peer issues, things like gender issues. There are 12 videos and then there is a workbook and a course to help you navigate this. There's activations, there's prayers. We want you to be fully equipped with this. So God bless you guys and I will see you September 14th. Wow, was that great or what? Man, she did an amazing job. We're going to be so excited to have her here live on this stage in September. It's going to be awesome to have her here, but what a great message that was. We never like to close our services out without giving you an opportunity, though, to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you were dragged here to church today. Maybe you have a mom who dragged you here. Maybe you had a family member or a friend who said, you got to go to church with me. It's Mother's Day, and you're here today, and that's great. We're glad you're here, but I want to ask you a real simple question today. If you were to get hit by a bus today, I hope you don't, but if you do, do you know for a fact that you're going to go to heaven? Do you know for sure where your eternal destination would be? And if you say, I'm 99% sure, then you're, then you're probably 100% not right on this. you got to be 100%, and the way to be 100% is to, to have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. The Bible is very clear. God said that, that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. For the, to pay the price for our sins, and he rose again from the grave, proving that he's God. Now he waits for you and me to individually receive him. You can pray and receive Christ right now. It's real simple. It's not complicated. You don't have to join this church. You don't even have to become religious to do this. You just have to accept Jesus. That is what secures a place for you in heaven. And so would you bow your heads with me right now across all of our campuses right now? We're just going to bow our heads and pray. You can pray and receive Christ right now by praying this very simple prayer. We can just pray this out loud with us. We're going to pray this together. You can say, Dear Jesus... I realize I need you. I believe you died on the cross for me. You paid the price for my sins. And you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart. Be my Lord. And be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I now want to follow you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name we pray. Amen. Isn't God good?
His word is so true.